Welcome to God's Not Done With You podcast. In this season of interviews, Pastor John Metter talks with everyday people whose lives parallel some of the amazing comeback stories in the Bible. Pastor John and his guests will show us how God can take any situation in life and bring hope and victory out of hardship. This is Pastor John Metter, and we are walking through our podcast called God Not Done With You, and it's based on the book that was written and released on April 1st of 2023, God's Not Done With You. Really, when you go through the Bible, you're going to find that every major character of the Bible came back from something that is seemingly impossible. It's not just Jesus that had to overcome the impossible, uh, but God did that in so many different people's lives. And as we've walked through this, we've looked at character after character. And one of the great things that I've enjoyed about this is talking with people whose lives parallel some of these characters. They've gone through some of the difficult times or the depressing times or the times on the backside of the desert. Well, in chapter 6, there is a story of a woman named Abigail. It's all tied together in First Samuel chapter 25. One single chapter of the Bible has this woman's life and her situation spelled out for us, and I'm spellbound. When I read about the story of Abigail, I am astounded at the things God did through her. I call her often a rope between two angry men, and she's in that tug-of-war, and she's being pulled apart. Angry King David, who's been insulted by her foolish husband, Nabal, and King David comes roaring down the mountainside to attack Nabal, and Abigail is told this by her servant. So now she's in the spot of saying, can I prevent this? How can I deal with this? So the supernatural story of how God used Abigail is, uh, is very exciting. But one of the things Abigail illustrates to us is that some of our biggest challenges in life are not circumstantial, they're not physical, they're not financial, they're not even health-related. They're people problems. And, you know, people can create a lot of problems in your life, and, and they're difficult to deal with. So before I get into this conversation with our guest today, I want to read a paragraph or two out of chapter 6. I'm on page 90 of God's Not Done With You. It says this, Some of our greatest challenges in life have nothing to do with physical circumstances, catastrophes, or temptation. They have to do with people. And I let that sink in because you know it's true. Harsh and evil people, toxic people, angry people, messed up people who put us in harm's way by their actions and their attitudes oppressive people, even abusive ones, and all that is found here in Abigail's marriage. So that's kind of a summary of what the whole chapter does, and I hope you'll read that chapter, or you can listen to the God's Not Done With You message that I preach. It's on our normal podcast. But this is a conversation with someone that I have in the room with me today, a dear friend I've known for a number of years who has lived life in some toxic environments. She knows what it means to have people in your circle that are harmful, that are bitter, that are angry, that are abusive, that are toxic. However you define toxicity, um, those kinds of things happen in toxic relationships and are not easy to deal with. So let me just welcome you. I'm glad that you're with me on the podcast today. Well, thank you so much. It's good to be here. And your story is one I've become familiar with over the years, and you've been willing to, to talk with us about there's several toxic environments that you've been in. So let me just kind of frame this first question uh, by saying this. Likened to the story of Abigail, who faced toxic situations and needed to trust God, what kind of toxicity has you faced in your life? Tell us about some of those. Well, you know, like a lot of people, I've 
run into a few toxic folks at work. Um, you don't work at the same place for very long without running into some people that there's going to be some conflict with. And a couple of times in my time as a teacher, there would be a colleague that just for whatever reason was just a hard mix. I, I find it, I try really hard the, to find a way to get along with just anybody. There's some kind of common ground you can find, some kind of connection you can find with someone. Um, but two particular times, there have been times that there are just people I've worked with that just has not been a healthy relationship. Mm. Um, in addition to that, just uh, sadly, after being in a challenging environment at work sometimes and the conflict that comes with that, you would want to return home to a nice, healthy, supportive relationship in your marriage. And unfortunately, I many times was jumping from the fire pan right into the fire. Hmm. You know, toxic people don't often know they're toxic. <laughs> and I happen to know something about you, and I know that you are one of those people that we would call you a people person. You know how to get along with people. You know how to compensate when people uh, in your circle may not be um, relating adequately. Um, you know how to do that. You're willing to go the second mile with people. You're willing to help people. But still, sometimes toxic people, mm. they just uh, they just keep dispensing the toxicity, keep dispensing the abuse or the unhealthiness and so forth that goes on in their lives. And even someone that's giving, caring, and adaptive just can't handle that anymore. It's just like it's overflowing. Talk yeah. about times when you've gotten tired in the midst of those kinds of things. You know, there were there were always those times when you've kind of hit the end of your rope and you've kind of taken all the punches you can take. And I can think of one time in particular that I kind of punched back. And I was completely right. And what I was upset about, I was completely justified in my anger, but my response was not right. Mm. So I learned in that moment that you can be completely right and still get it wrong. Mm. And I had to learn that um, I, you can't respond to wrong with wrong. Right. You get yourself dirty in the meanwhile, right? And right. so I did. I had to humble myself and go and apologize and say, I, I was legitimately upset. I wanted to communicate that to you. I did not do it in a way that honored you. And I did not do it in a way that led to a productive conversation. And I want to apologize to you for my harsh words. And boy, if their mouth did not just drop to the floor, oh, I I, they bet. were not expecting an apology. <laughs> um, but I had to learn that even when I'm completely right I've got to be careful right in how I respond right one toxic plus another toxic doesn't equal yeah, help. sure for sure <laughs> uh, it's only natural to want to respond back in kind I know but um, but I like the point you make and I think that's a very important point you know earlier we were talking about how do you respond to toxicity and you mentioned the word margins talk about that a little bit well I, I really I, I try very hard to honor the relationship that I'm in, whether it's a working relationship or my marriage. You want to honor that relationship. You want to honor God. You want to respect the other person. You want to respect the other people involved in that relationship, whether it's work or family. Um, and sometimes you don't realize how far past those margins and boundaries you've been pushed mm. until you're well on the other side of them. Mm -hmm. Um, particularly in my own marriage, 
I, I was certainly in an abusive marriage for years before I even realized I was. Mm. In my effort to be an honorable wife and a respected wife and um, understanding and even submissive, if I want to use that word, it's hard to use, but um, in my effort to do all of those things, I, I allowed that toxicity to go mm. well beyond what mm. it ever should have. Wow, wow. You know, margins are, margins are important uh, to all of us in life. I mean, you have mm-hmm. to have margins of time, margins of intensity. You have to take vacations. You have to right. be healthy yourself. But most people don't think about the margins in relationships as being important, but I'm, I'm here to tell you they very much are. And even when you look in First Samuel 25 at Abigail's life, uh, in that moment of making decisions, she did not include the counsel of her husband mm-hmm. in making the decision to feed David's men to intervene between these two angry men. She didn't consult with him. And, and sometimes people look at the Bible and said, well, she was probably out from under authority. She should have asked him mm. first. And, and uh, my response was, then she would be dead because right. that's what kind of man Nabal was. But in her wisdom, she took that moment to make a decision and create a margin and make a decision without the husband, which really saved his life until the Lord struck him dead later. Right. Um, so, of course, I'm not out advocating that people don't interact in marriage to make decisions. I'm just simply saying sometimes the toxicity is so mm-hmm. drowning for both of you that somebody has to get out of that right. drowning situation and, and make good decisions. So I hope people that are watching or listening today will realize that toxicity is very real. And maybe someone has actually called you, the listener, toxic at some point in the Mm. past and if you've ever been called a toxic person uh, maybe you ought to think about that and think why would I be called a toxic Mm. person and how could somebody say that about me Uh, it's not a good name to be called but the bottom line is sometimes we fall into toxicity without really realizing what we're doing and um, and it can really create some damaging relationships and we don't have to be toxic that's just it we don't have to be in that kind of circumstance with God on our side we can have all kinds of change that allows us to let him lead us but let me get back to your situation for just a moment, because really the story of Abigail and um, David and Nabal has to do with God intervening mm-hmm. in that toxicity, that toxic relationship. So let me just pose this question. How do you see God intervening in various times and places in, in your life in those relationships or uh, during the times of those relationships? Did he give you wisdom in those moments? Did he give you decisions to make, uh, courage to face things? Talk about that a bit. You know, I've been so thankfully blessed over the years that God has put the right people in my life at the right times with the kind of wisdom I needed in the moment. Um, And I'm thankful that I was able to have their counsel and their support. And there was that moment in my marriage where there was a deciding moment, how am I going to respond to this? And I had to do it without consulting my husband. Um, and I thankfully had the support of uh, my pastor and the support of other wise people helping me know this is the line in the sand. And it's okay to draw that line. And it's okay to choose to not accept this anymore. Mm-hmm. That's not an affront to God. It's not an affront to your marriage. It is choosing the better way than mm-hmm. what you've been given mm-hmm. right now. 
And so I'm so thankful that God put the right people in my life to show me and help me overcome my fear of everything that would come after that. Right. Um, and to act in boldness and very decisive in that moment. Right. Now, as we listen to, to this testimony, I want to be quick to add the type of people you're talking about are people that um, follow the Lord. Oh, yes. They love the scripture. Absolutely. This, this is not the counsel of people on the outside of God's world, God's will, mm-hmm. God's word. These are people that understand scripture and understand balance that give you counsel uh, in those moments. Uh, I call them my people, and you would call them your people. Right. And uh, God has always had a people for us. It's the church in the New Testament time in our era now. It was the people of God in the Old Testament era. God's always reserved a group of people for us who follow him. And so you're talking about that. Often I warn people who are in tough situations, don't get counsel from the world. Right. We know that's going to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, that may be sympathetic, but it's going to be wrong. But but find people around you that can give you godly counsel, and that's what you got. Uh, and that godly counsel helps you through those times. And and really the question was all about how God intervened. And, and I would say sometimes God intervenes by putting people in your life. Yes. That you can listen to and trust and, and you can know what they say is true and for your health, for your good. Yes, thankfully. And um, and you're right, exactly. I had to be so careful that I was listening to the right voices. You can very easily get pulled in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but thankfully, very godly people, people that I was very close with, had relationship with over the years that had shown me a track record of godly wisdom. Right. And that's who I knew I could trust. Everybody needs to know who their people are. There's no doubt about that. Because God does give wisdom through them. In fact, the Bible says that. It says that without counsel, plans go awry. But there's much wisdom and much Mm -hmm. counsel. Mm -hmm. Every decision I've made in life that's a major consequence, I've consulted at least seven different men in my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, men and women around you are great, great resources for getting that kind of wisdom. So looking back, how have these moments of conflict, these moments of toxicity or seasons of toxicity, how have they shaped your present life? I mean, you're a healthy person today, mm-hmm. but, but and you're following the Lord, you're, mm-hmm. you're walking with him, you love him, it's obvious. Um, how has the, that season shaped you now? Oh, that is a great question. Um, I think that one of the best things I learned was I am who God made me to be not who that unhealthy person is defining me as. Mm. Mm. I found myself losing God's vision of me. Mm. I found myself believing the lies of who I was told I was. I found myself believing that I was not uh, lovable. I was believing I was not trustworthy. I was believing I was not a good wife. And I was believing I was not a faithful person. And that was not reality. That was not how God was seeing me, and that was not how God um, wanted to use me. And so I've had to learn to trust what God has for me, how God sees me, my identity in him, not my identity in what other people think of me. And as as a people person, what other people think of me is real important. Um, Words of affirmation is one of my love languages, so it... I, I am fed in a lot of ways by that, and I have to be very careful. Because mm-hmm. as much as a positive word means, that's how much a negative word means, right. and you can let that define you. 
So trusting in who God says I am mm-hmm. um, helps me through conflict now, helps me um, as I walk and do work now, as I minister, as I reach out to people, I have to remember who does God say I am. A great song out today, as you say, and mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you know what that, song, that song very well, but it's a, it's a song that really talks about uh, resting in who he says we are, mm-hmm. and it's such an important uh, song, but it's such an important concept of Scripture. Uh, when I talk to people about their life, their walk with the Lord, their balance, uh, I always go to identity. You need to know mm-hmm. who you are in Christ. You mm-hmm. need to know what he said about you. Um, and you know, you need to know about the relationship you have with him and how that's not threatened by anything. It's such a big deal. And, uh, so, you know, the solution to all of our problems really is in that relationship with Christ, whether we're on the receiving end of toxicity or whether we are really distributing, dishing out toxicity, uh, it's because of an imbalance mm-hmm. in our relationship with Christ. If we have one that creates all that toxicity, uh, that we express or that we uh, have in our lives. So it's really, really important to get back to that relationship and know who you are in Christ. So I think one of the most popular words of this age is the word toxic. I mean, I read it all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. I, I hear about it in certain circumstances and situations, articles, books written about toxic people in your life, toxic circumstances in your life. So I think people would be pretty hungry to know what kind of counsel would you give for those that face difficult and toxic relationships? I think that you've already begun to answer that question, but would you add anything to what you've said so far? Well, you know, the greatest commandment is to love God, right? And then the second is like it, to love others. And I think that um, as Christ followers, we can easily fall into the trap of loving other people means accepting whatever they're going to send your way. Mm. And that's not true. We don't, loving, loving other people does not mean accepting abuse. Mm-hmm. Loving other people does not mean accepting that toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it means rejecting that entirely. Mm-hmm. If it is then becoming uh, such a hindrance in being able to live life in a healthy way, you don't have to have unhealthy relationships in your life in order to love people. Sometimes rejecting the way they're treating you is a greater love. Mm-hmm. In Abigail's story, one of the things that people don't talk about is um, her household. And her household, we don't know, you know whether she had children or not. We know she had uh, those that served her in her household. She had handmaidens there in the household, mm-hmm. others that worked on the land, if you will. And uh, she was pretty much responsible for them because uh, Nabal, uh, her husband, was even called by the workers there a worthless man. Mm. So he was abusive to everybody. But when David with his soldiers came, then she had the choice of rescuing them or Mm. letting them die. I mean, that was really where she was. She made the choice to rescue them. She put herself in between the two and rescued them. And it was a noble choice. The Bible positions this as a heroic choice. And it also positions it as a choice where uh, God honored her, rescued mm. her. It's actually the Lord that struck Nabal dead. And um, and then David comes back and says, hey, I need that kind of discernment, that kind mm-hmm. of woman in my kingdom, and made her a queen. So it's a love story, too. It's crazy. Uh, I, I say about every story in the Bible that we ought to make a movie out of this. Right. Because it's just so good. It's so great. But in a world of toxicity, 
the message that you should hear from Abigail, the message you should hear from this podcast is you don't have to participate in toxicity. You, you have mm-hmm. to recognize what's happening. You can draw boundaries. You can, you can come to the Lord and say, Lord, who am I? And you help me rest in that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you can learn to find your balance and stand on your own two feet in those confrontational kind of situations, like Abigail, like you've referred to a few times here, and, and stand firm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes standing firm just means standing firm in the sense of knowing who you are, knowing what God wants out of your life, and not having to give in to a more aggressive, toxic kind of personality. Right. Um, and if we always gave in to that, I mean, what's the result of our life going to be, right? Mm-hmm. That's not fruit. That's mm-hmm. not what God wants out of our life. And um, so uh, it's a pretty big deal. So talk about today. Are you healthy? Are you strong? Are you are you forward moving? Talk about that. <clears throat> yeah, it is. It's quite the full circle I've come on, come, come to. Um, I worked really hard for a long time trying to be a great wife and trying to be a great mom in the middle of all of that conflict and trying to love well when there was so much toxicity coming my way. And there were times that I felt like, especially at the very end of that marriage, I thought, well, I, there's, there's no more time for me in God's work, um, in God's ministry, right? I, it, it's too much. It's too much water under the bridge. It's just too much hurt. And... I I did. I took an intentional period of time away from um, formal ministry to focus on helping my children heal from everything that happened in that marriage and then the end of it. I took time to help myself heal intentionally, setting aside time where I'm a mom. I'm raising my children. I want to make sure that they are healthy, taking the time to allow myself to heal always hopeful that maybe someday it would be my turn again right I knew it wasn't my turn now um and sure enough a couple of years ago it was my turn again surprisingly um that's a whole nother story where God does things in his own timing but it was just learning to trust God when sometimes you don't know how it's ever going to turn out Mm-hmm. That that paycheck didn't make it to the end of the month that month, but we always had everything we needed and some of what we wanted mm-hmm. every single month. Um, and so, yeah, and now seeing, you know, 10 years later how different life is. We don't go to bed scared every night. We don't go to bed worried about what's going to happen next week when that paycheck comes to the end. Mm-hmm. God provided mm-hmm. all the way for our physical needs, every spiritual need, every safety need. Wow. God is good. All the time. All the time, God is good. Hmm. And, you know, the title of the book is God's Not Done With You, and I can see how you could say that title quite well. Sure. Uh, at a season in your life where you wondered. And I say to people all the time, God's not done with you. If you're still here, alive, if you're breathing air, taking up space, God has a plan for mm-hmm. you. And you may have to come back from something really big, but you won't be the first one. Abigail did it. Moses did it. Joseph did it. I could go on and on. And really, God's not done with you. The book uh, is a word of encouragement because everybody has gone through something mm-hmm. really, really difficult. 
And if we don't know that that's true, it's only because we don't know everybody's story. Mm. <laughs> but the more stories I hear, the more I realize we've all been through something. And, uh, and God's grace is enough to, to get us all through it. So, you know, I hope that you've been encouraged by what we've talked about today. Our podcast and this chapter of the book is not simply about marriage, but it is about toxicity in relationships. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's marriage, and sometimes that's work, and sometimes that's uh, friendships or mm-hmm. other relatives. It's all around us. But we do not have to drown in that toxicity. Mm-hmm. I've sometimes defined toxicity as someone trying to rescue someone else mm-hmm. who is determined to drown. <laughs> and uh, I've been a lifeguard enough in my younger years where I knew if someone was fighting and they were not wanting to be rescued, you just can't rescue them. Right. You just can't do it. You can do your best, but you might be pulled down with them. But really, the plan that God has for us is for us to look to Him and to find a way to stand and stand firm in those times and who we are and His ability to rescue us and to redeem all that time, mm-hmm. all those conversations, all that pain, and uh, produce something good out of it. And I know you well enough to know that God's done that in your life and your smile attests to that and your life attests to that. And I'm thankful for it. I really am. I'm really grateful that you were willing to spend some time with us today and be vulnerable and be open enough to where people can listen to this, maybe listen twice and, uh, and say, I can learn something uh, from that conversation. So thank you for joining us in the God's Not Done With You podcast. Again, this is uh, chapter six. It's about Abigail and it's about toxicity and how to overcome that. But it's really about God not being done with you. So I hope that you keep that phrase in your mind and realize he's got a plan for you. And if you'll watch, if you'll wait, he'll let it come to pass. Thanks for joining us. I hope you listen to the other podcasts with God's Not Done With You.